we're making gonna, it happen. We're making it happen. We're, we're living the, the dream. Uh. We're living the nightmare today. Um, Sometimes you just wake up and you want to record a podcast at 8 a.m. And instead it's 8.30 and you still haven't done it. And yeah. you make it work. You just make it work. Yeah. And you're like, is everything against me today? Sure. Sure. Y- yes. Yes. We can't even blame the moon this time. No, but it is. Um, there, There is a Mercury retrograde coming. So I'm blaming Ugh. that two weeks ahead. Well, not too, Jamie. That's too far. Well, it's in July. <laughs> so. Okay. All right, man. Yeah. I got to I gotta hang on to anything at this point. Blame anything else other than our technical savvy and or, I don't know. <sighs> anyway, welcome anyway. Uh, to Feeling Feelings, listener. It's a podcast uh, about the highs and lows, maybe sometimes more the lows, of being an artist. I'm Jessica Zolman. And I'm Jamie Varon. Thank you for joining us today. Yeah, thank you. Thanks. Let's go to our high, our highs and lows. I liked that that kind of sounded like you were switching to the weather man. Let's go to the highs and lows. <laughs> I really liked that. Do we have our weather person on the line? Today's highs will be... No, I don't know. Anyway. I don't know uh, if we got any highs. I have some highs. Okay. Also, I have no idea who goes first. Me? Oh, me either. So you go, because you have the highs. Okay, I like it. Um, So we didn't do our song, and honestly, we're not going to. There's a first for everything. I just can't right now. So maybe that's the low. (laughs) (laughs) We just can't. We just can't. can't. So my high this week is I went and I saw Won't You Be My Neighbor, the Mr. Rogers documentary, Mm -hmm. with some of my neighbors fun yeah it was nice and lovely and um the whole entire theater was just like sobbing it like at the very end it was just all sniffles in the theater it was perfect um it was really good and it felt nice to have like an empathetic cry um and then my low this week is i'm just like i think it has to do with empathy i feel like there are so many wonderful people in my life and so many of them just don't think about other people sometimes. And it makes me want to shake their shoulders a lot because my empathetic brain can't understand why, why, why would you be like that? Um, yeah, just like a lot of dumb internet fights and like people generally being insensitive to each other and not like public internet, like Facebook friend on friend internet. It's just dumb. It's petty dumb stuff where I'm like, can we not, please? So, the That's internet's a-, a fun place. <laughs> I feel like every week my low could be the internet, but yeah. But also it could be my high. So I don't know. There's a lot of yeah. there's a lot of joy. This um, week particularly was like I understand that. I understand. Yeah. I don't know the context at all because I'm not in your in that internet group at all. Yeah. But I'm I'm kind of glad I don't know the context. Yeah, I was gonna say I could fill you in, but like. I mean, it's kind of, a, it's mostly like society, like social issues that people are just a little misguided on, where it's right. like, could you just take three seconds and not only think of yourself, please, and thank you. Yeah. That I That's understand. It. No yeah. context needed. Cool. <laughs> um, so my, let's see. So my high is, had a little bit of a funny thing happen to me, and it made me feel good so I was on Saturday wait uh, like a few days ago I was waiting for a friend and I was just sitting at a really like busy cafe waiting for um like a world one of the world cup games to start and this woman speaks only French comes up to me and starts talking to me in French and I'm like oh I don't speak French you know I mean I speak enough French to get by, but not enough to have a full-on conversation. And she seems so nervous, and she's up coming up to me, and I'm like, what is going on? So someone next to us, like, translated for her, and she comes up to me, and she's like, are you famous? 
Like, this is the translated version. And she's like, are you famous? Like, are you a famous actress or singer or something? And I'm like, no, obviously not. And uh, she's like, Not what? obviously. Well, I mean, not to her. And she's like nervous, the kind of nervous that I would have got like in L.A. if I saw a real famous person. And yeah. I was just like, whoa. And she she's like, my friends and I were trying to figure out like who you are. And I look over to her table and they're, her friend, her two friends are like staring at me. And I'm like, this is really funny. And um, I was just like, no, I don't know. Maybe I have no idea who I look like. And she was like, wow you're so beautiful and I was like okay <laughs> that I understood in French and oh, I was okay. just like and then she like went back to her friends and they were all looking at me the whole time like as if I was like lying you know no I'm not famous but really I'm just like trying to be incog no yeah. I'm truly not a famous person and I just I was like you know what that was a really nice encounter with a stranger that just made me feel good I was like oh, wow, I don't know who I look like, but she clearly meant it as a compliment, so I will take it. And um, so that was a nice high and more social interaction than I'm used to because, you know, I, I don't live in a country. I'm not living in a country where my language is spoken, so it's not like I talk to people all the time. It's more like, bonjour, bonjour, and then that's it. Um, so that was that was intense. That sounded and like a Disney movie, by the way. Bonjour, bonjour. I mean, how many times per week I think of the line, there must be more than this provincial <laughs> life. Like, I, I don't know why that line is always stuck in my head. I mean, because that's the song. That's it. That's the I one. I know. And I'm so just good. Always Are you running around with that. books, too? Yeah, I always have a book. And there's baguettes and French people. Oh. I mean, I'm not living a provincial life living in Paris, no. but still, it's in my head because of all the French. I love it. And then my low is, you know, when it's like you have one of those weeks where you're just saying yes to everything, you feel really mm -hmm. good, and you're like, yeah, let's stay out till midnight eating Thai food. Yeah, let me get that bottle of wine, um, you know, share it with the table. Yeah, 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 yeah. And then all of a sudden you're like, well... I'm exhausted. I haven't slept well for a week and I'm in a real bad mood. Um, mm -hmm, that's how mm -hmm. I feel. I'm like, oh, I got that low. So, uh, you know, I don't know if anyone feels that balance happen, but it really writes itself after you've been having some fun. And then it's like, no, 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 no fun for you. Um, and so I'm feeling that, but it'll pass. Yeah. yeah. And I think I'm just like, you know, I didn't, I didn't sleep. I haven't slept well for a while. I, I really, I mean, we've talked about this a million times. I just have not been sleeping well since I've been in Paris. Yeah. And now that's like four months of not sleeping well. So I'm feeling the effects. That's a bummer. Yeah. It's I, not great that there's like not a lot of, I feel like maybe if you had some like CBD options at the very least. Oh, there's nothing. Might, yeah, that's that. That's what gets me. If I, I mean, I've had a bad couple nights sleep, but it's because it's been like 100 degrees in L.A. There's a, a real rough heat wave that came through. And um, I still try and sleep in our air conditioning-less bedroom at night just because I need fresh air, even if it's hot, fresh air. Um, and if I've had a couple like really bad nights sleep, then I'll just end up taking some chocolate the next night and like passing out because I need it and my body needs it. And like my happiness like my mental health uh, definitely depends on like my sleep habits yeah. being good and positive um and so yeah it I'm feel very sad that that's not an option for you at this point no and it sucks but also it's more I think because living in LA in our apartment even with the blinds closed we like faced the sunrise and so even with the blinds closed, there was a lot of natural light. And here, I like I feel that my whole kind of like circadian rhythm rhythm is off or something because there's like we could close the um, the blinds and it's like they're like blackout curtains. 
And then all of a sudden, and I, I'm like not good with that because my body is just like, what day is it? I'm like, I honestly don't know. So I've just, I can't seem to get it right. Um, I'm hoping we move in a few days down to the south of France. And so I'm hoping we have more natural light and then I can just like get back into a place. But man, really didn't know how much it made a difference to have natural light in your apartment. Are you, have you been taking um, melatonin at all? No. That might be worth, that That might be a good first step to like try and get your rhythm back onto a regular schedule. Yeah, I'll probably this has start been, doing that. This has been Jessica's unrequested, unsolicited medical <laughs> advice corner. Come back next week where I give you tips on what kind of natural medications might help you. We really veer into some weird topics after highs and lows. Yeah, I mean, it's, you know, we're, we're getting the, the cobwebs out of our brain, I feel like, before we dive into our topic. Yeah. Should we, Speaking well, of. So this is, this is a good topic. I'm excited about this one. Me too. I mean, it's, it's not a good feeling. But it's a good thing to discuss. Okay, yeah. so today's topic, we're going to be discussing our feelings about being enough. My eyes got so wide. Yeah. So we have feelings on this. What are your initial thoughts on just the concept of enoughness? Mm. My initial thoughts, I, honestly, this might be another episode where I have a lot of existential crises. Cool. Let's do it. Be yeah, because it's sort of like, what is the concept of being enough and what does it mean, especially when your life and your time is finite and like, shouldn't you try and live in a way that makes you feel like you're just doing everything you can and the best you can and like try to be happy, but also should that include making some sort of impact? I ask a lot of questions of myself around the concept of being enough. Um, and I do think a lot of that ties into topics that we've already covered, but, you know, um, stuff like the imposter syndrome comes in and makes you think that you're not, or um, simply saying that the stuff that you're doing in order to maintain a comfortable life, but not one where you're finding wild success or riches, is enough and makes you enough and is okay because you're happy and balanced and just doing the best that you can um and then you know that voice inside of you when you see other people being extremely successful and finding success saying well i don't know maybe you want that those are my initial my initial feels and thoughts well i always think about even though this doesn't really help me not feel sometimes like inadequate and that I don't I'm not enough um, but I always think about this idea that every single definition I have about being enough is in comparison to someone else and then I'm like well that's not great like it doesn't help me not feel it um, it helps a little bit to diminish the feeling but then I start going you know what I don't feel enough because I am not like doing this or this thing right now or I don't feel like I'm enough because I don't have this and this amount of money and someone else does or like I don't feel like I'm enough because someone else has a body that is more acceptable or something than you know like it's always based in someone else's life like it's a comparison measure it's not yeah. as much a I've defined this for myself because there probably wouldn't be that much emotion attached to it if it wasn't like, okay, here's here's a standard and what we're supposed to be and we should be and what we've been told to be and how we're supposed to act and what we're supposed to achieve and what we're supposed to look like. And I am falling short of that. So I don't feel like I'm enough. And therefore, I don't feel like I deserve whatever those people have who are surpassing that standard or that yeah. measure so it's like the society sets the standard of what's enough and we decide through either like reality or through our own like delusion that we are not living up to it and I think that that's like really harmful but I also 
I like to live in a world where I'm not thinking like, here's how it should be. And so I'm going to keep like, like I'm not living in idealistic world. I know that that's, even though it sucks to like compare, it's still like where we're at. Like it's, there is a reality there. Um, and this is something that I've like been working on over the past year is like, I think for a long time I lived in this, um, like here's how the world should be. So I'm going to live in that world. And it's like, mm, that's not really how it is. And it's not to say we can't like dream of something better, but it's also okay to kind of like live in rooted in like reality that yeah, there is truly, I mean, there is a measure that we've been given in, we'll just talk about the United States because, you know, that's where we mm-hmm. both grew up. There is a measure. We all know what it is. We don't, maybe can't say in the exact same words what it is, but as women especially, yeah. we can know what the measure is. We know what it is. Everyone in there listening right now has an idea and can see in their mind what that measure is. Yeah, I read um, I read something interesting that basically was saying that in a medical field, for example, the concept of good enough is almost perfection. So like, for example, if a brain surgeon does a good enough job, it's like pretty fucking incredible, you know? Like, oh, something didn't go horribly wrong. You can still speak and the majority of the tumor is gone. Like you're, you're one of the greatest surgeons, right? But in something vague, like either being an artist or in creative marketing, there really isn't a standard. Um, and I think I find personally myself um, struggling with my good enoughness in the way that I deliver um, assets to clients. I find that when I'm doing a client job, I tend to want to over deliver, even though that's not asked of me, even though maybe sometimes I don't necessarily even really want to impress the client. I just feel this desire to be good enough, I think, to have them view me as like, oh, what an incredible artist to work with and how pleasant that was and whatever, whatever it may be. And I fully recognize, and I've had to pull back on this. I did it far more in the beginning of my career. Um, But when I would be on photo shoots with other artists, um, let's say it was like me and three other people and we were all delivering the same amount of assets, if one of us over-delivered, it made everyone else look bad. And so there were a couple times where later on down the road, I was on photo shoots with people who were newer, who were making those same mistakes. And I had to be like, hey, it's cool if you deliver one or two extra, but delivering 20 extra makes the rest of us either look bad or it makes you look over eager. Like you got to take that into consideration. You got to cool it. Like being perfect is a great ideal, but it's a lie. Being perfect is a trap. Do not trap yourself. And in trapping yourself, do not bring all of us down with you. Um, it's such an interesting concept that like, how do you get out of this idea of perfectionism when it's completely arbitrary? Right. Well, because I also think there's some places in your life or some facets of your life that you want to be really good at something. So giving yourself and out of like, well, I just want to, you know, I don't want to push myself too much because I, you know, don't want to compare or whatever. I think that's harmful too, because you want to, you have to decide for yourself because I, I dealt with that a lot, like especially with design and with writing in creative work. It's so hard. It's so hard to measure success because yeah. well i mean you can measure it in like societal ways but that's not always even that accurate you know it's like what do you how do you measure your success as an artist is it a lot of instagram followers now is it making you know high six figures like what what's the is it you know having someone put your work in a gallery i mean what is really the measure of success and how do you know that you've hit it? Because I think in creative work, it's just so, you know, there's like not really titles, like maybe in the corporate world, there's more of a way to measure it because you have like 
you know, they always talk about the ladder. I'm not in the corporate world, so I don't know. This could be totally wrong. It might, people yeah. still might be going through some sort of crisis with that. But I always found or assumed that there was more measurable goals. Whereas like in creative work, I just felt for so long that it was just like this nebulous idea of like the work's never finished and you're never clear if you're doing well. And like you don't know what everybody else is doing and you only see like parts of what they're doing. And like what is it, you know, what even is success and then being and then never mind like being enough or like hitting the mark at all. Yeah. Yeah, I always found that like um, the quarterly reviews that we would do, at least at um, startup corporate culture, I feel like I guess tech corporate culture, it's not really a startup if it's corporate. Um, but when I worked in in that environment, I found those reviews to be really hard. Um, it felt like almost as if management was encouraging you to be harsh on your coworkers as opposed to just saying that they were doing great work. Um, and for me, I think that pushed me personally as like a team member in an unhealthy direction that just encouraged me to overwork, which for me as an individual is not good, but then in the long term is not good for the business. I think pushing people for perfectionism as opposed to helping people work through their doubts is like extremely unhealthy and can lead to you know, probably employees choosing other routes and other paths, um, which is the case for me. Well, I felt that in those kind of environments, it, it like there's never this question of what do you see as successful or like, yeah, what do you measure success by? And I guess that's a, a lot easier to do when you work for yourself. Mm -hmm. um, I mean, it, at least there's the freedom to think about that. But I found that the only way that I was able to combat this feeling of like being enough, perfectionism, always feeling like I'm behind or falling behind was just to get like 100% clear on like why I'm doing the things that I'm doing, what my goals are, when I'm going to be satisfied, what I'm working more towards. You know, if I have an opportunity to take on more work, I'm like, do I really need to? You know, I want to keep a level head about it. I don't want to just be like more and more and more and then I'm burnt out and I'm not even doing a good job for my clients. Yeah, exactly. It's like, yeah, that's not, no one ever does very well in that circumstance. And so I think that that's been my best asset against this. I mean, that's career-wise the inadequacy in other areas that's a lot less easy to measure I'm I don't do as well with that like I still have struggles about like you know body image and like comparing myself on social media to people's lives not so much careers I guess because I do have a pretty good idea of like you know what here's where here's where I'll be satisfied and I have like yearly goals and I know that I'm working towards something I know that I'm like working towards my different kinds of more measurable goals whereas with like body image like I don't have measurable goals for that I don't have it's all very vague and just like nebulous to think about and so that's where I get that feeling of inadequacy is the more like you know just that the just the more vague it gets the more milky where I'm just well like, it sounds like Ugh. it's like the more as it relates to your personal um like that internal voice that says I'm not good enough which is probably like rooted in some sort of childhood right I think it's like it goes back to the nature versus nurture thing I, I think a lot of that those feelings about yourself personally, whether you are good enough, probably comes from the um, reassurances you were given as a child or not given. Um, I would imagine that people who grew up when they were really young with a lot of trauma probably don't feel that they're good enough as a result of that trauma. Because for me personally, 
I, even though I've gone through some traumatic things as a child, I, I don't have those doubts. I think my being, not being good enough is always translated into my work ethic. And I don't necessarily have those doubts about who I am as a person. Like, I definitely feel like I'm lovable and I definitely feel like I am easy to get along with. And, um, even though I'm extremely opinionated can also like pull myself back if it's too much. Um, and then in terms of like, um, my image, I think everyone always struggles a little bit with that. I think that's just part of having grown up with like 17 magazine and Cosmo being heavily Photoshopped, but it's not nearly as intense as what you're describing. And so part of me thinks it's probably has a lot to do with my mom like constantly telling me I was good enough and I don't know shout out to Mr. Rogers always telling me that I was special so you know but I do feel like there was a lot of there were a lot of external sources that made me the person I am now as a child making sure I don't have a lot of those doubts and questions and I I wonder Jamie if a lot of those doubts that you have does stem from some childhood stickiness Oh, of course. I mean, but I also think like everyone has an area where there's more tension. Yeah. Like I don't have a lot of tension with my work. I mean, I go through some things of, you know, having doubt, but mostly I my mostly my thing with my career and especially with my writing was always like, I think I'm better than this like than where I'm at and that that's like an over uh, like that's a real talk type of thing but like that's mm -hmm. a I that feels like that's an overconfidence whereas like a lack of conf as opposed to a lack of confidence but I always felt growing up I was like very secure in my like career and my like abilities at school and my abilities to like my abilities at work like I really saw and I of course I'm sure it comes down to like a lot of self-worth like I, I found a lot of self-worth in in what I was capable of doing like I can pick up something pretty quickly um I've always just been like pretty naturally good at a lot of things and then with hard work like I've just gotten better at them and so I don't have to struggle a lot with my career um and, and I don't have a lot of internal struggle. Like, of course, when things are happening where maybe I'm not making as much money or, you know, the big thing with the writing was money. Like, it wasn't yeah. my capability. It wasn't my belief in myself. Like, I knew that if I did a book proposal and sent it out, like, I already had an agent. I knew that I was going to get a publisher and a book deal. Like, there was no doubt. And I, it was more like, I can't make this work within the parameters of like what this career offers me in terms of, you know, financial compensation. And that was, that's what it came down to. Um, whereas, yeah, like what you're talking about, I mean, I know that your mom was always there to like reassure you. I mean, you dealt mm -hmm. with like a big trauma when you were four years old. And yeah. so your mom was like, I need to make sure that she never feels that she's missing anything. And I think that that's very clear. I mean, you just, we've already talked about this, but like you just always had the self-confidence when it came to like making friends and being around, you know, potential love interests and everything. Mm -hmm. And I was just like, oh my God, nobody likes me. And like, yeah. <laughs> nobody would ever find me attractive. And like, nobody wants to be around me. And I would have to be convinced of that. And, but at the same time being like, I'm going to enter the fucking spelling bee. I win this speech competition. I'm doing this. Yeah. I'm a badass. And then I was just like, eh. Well, and I did so mediocre in school, too. Like, on the flip side, it was like, C student, what up? It's fine. <laughs> but, like, yeah. it wasn't fine, and I wasn't okay with it ever. So, yeah. No, you and I have definitely had things switch. Like, I know I've given you a lot of, like, career pep talks, and you've yes. given me a lot of, like, body appearance related pep talks and yeah I mean I, that balance is so important it's I like that you and I experience these two elements of being enough or our feelings of self-worth very differently because we get to be each other's hype mans in the places where we're not you know 
where we're lacking maybe some self-confidence or some need assurance, we're able to provide that for each other. Um, that's pretty important, I think, for being it's, a best friend. Definitely is. I mean, that's been, I mean, I was always amazed by how confident you would be with like people that you liked romantically. Mm -hmm. And I was yeah. just like, I would not want them to know that I liked them <laughs> so much that I would like be mean to them. Yeah. And then I'd I be like, that. why don't they like me back? And you're like, uh, you're like awful to them. <laughs> and I was like, yeah, it, I was just so protective. Yeah. But then, I mean, and you were just like, I like this person. I'm going to go talk to them. And then if they didn't like you back, which, you know, didn't happen that often. But if they didn't like you back, you were just like, all right, next. And I was like, yeah, who are you? Like, are you real? I was like, because I couldn't even imagine like one rejection would like, I thought it would actually kill me dead. Like I got stabbed. Yeah. Well, and for me, it, I, the, I think the whole, it's so funny. Like I look back at my school career, like how not invested and not interested I was, but how I definitely had the ability to be good. If I just applied myself and cared more about my education or like furthering my learning, I would be better. And I think I can still say the same thing today about my photography. Like, it's not that I don't care about photography. I do. I care about it. I care about making art. It makes me happy and it makes me, I think, a better just all around person um, to have that creative outlet. But I just don't go out of my way to learn new skills or apply myself or figure out how to set up studio lighting or any number of things. Um, I'm definitely more of a collaborative person as well, which is funny because in school, those were always the projects that I wanted to do. I, I could do a solo project, but I would rather do a group project and like for the group to benefit. Um, which is interesting that I also don't do well in corporate environments because those it's, that's what that is. Um, but, but yeah, I, I definitely still to this day with my photography, find myself doubting my ability of like deeply doubting it even before a big photo shoot. Um, if I have a huge shoot where the client is on set and there's going to be other people there, like the whole night before I don't sleep thinking I'm a liar and they're all going to find out and I shouldn't be doing this job and why did they hire me and I'm not good enough and like what is the point of any of this <laughs> which is none of that's true like I know you know deep down inside that's not reality um and I want it I want to say I guess it pushes me to be a better photographer but I don't know that that's true either I actually think it would be really refreshing and wonderful if I could just charge into every project thinking I'm going to kill it and being like 110% confident but I don't I just I I don't know why that's always been so hard for me um gotta figure that out <laughs> I think part of it is like where you've put your energy yeah and like you know you you develop even though, of course, imposter syndrome and self-doubt always exists, I think you develop, I want to say calluses to it a little mm -hmm. bit as you get better or like as you do it more often or as you focus on it more. Um, because I know through our whole friendship, you've never really like, work has always been a little bit of an afterthought to you. Yeah, um, definitely. And you've always put more time and energy into like, relationships friendships cultivating like more of an interpersonal social life whereas I've done the opposite like I yeah. didn't I I honestly did not care that much about like maintaining friendships as I did I mean it's different now obviously but like I put I put more worth and stock into like my abilities so I will sit and like learn a new skill absolutely and it gives me more confidence but that's just like where I put my worth but you know you um what you're talking about with how you walk into a shoot like that's how I feel when I'm on Instagram 
and looking at yeah. everyone else's lives and like their friends and how they look and all of that like just because that's the part where I feel the most tension and where I feel like I'm not good enough like that you could have just supplemented every word in there with like you know not photography and that's how I would yeah. feel like scrolling through Instagram and yeah yeah so it's like it's weird how those things manifested and how like what thread is the thing that like you know what what thread could we pull and that's the and that's could unravel that um in having this conversation I realized how what it what a useful little conversation for us to be having I just had a little breakthrough I Yay. think that probably um a lot of the reason why I carry that self-doubt with me about work or I don't put as much energy into cultivating my professional career is because being raised by a single mom, she was working all the time. She was gone constantly. I mean, she oh. had to be. She was raising a kid in a like upper middle class neighborhood in California, um, but she worked constantly. I was always in daycare. I was always in after school care. I was always at summer camp. I like. I, I mean, I think you're right in saying that she was always encouraging me and making sure that she was vocalizing that I was good enough. But I think that physical presence was lacking until she went freelance and started doing independent meeting planning um, right when I was in like sixth grade. And at that point, I'm like a hormonal mess of a nightmare and was like, just go back to work and leave me alone. <laughs> um <laughs> which she did not do but she still worked a lot like I know but even you know like when you would come over to my house she would have the office door closed and would be on phone calls the whole time after school until like 8 or 9 p.m and so even though she was physically present she wasn't and so I think I carry a lot of that burden of like I don't want to be the person even though I'm freelance who's like physically present but is you know emotionally checked out I'm not available to the people around me I'm not available to my community um I think that's also part of why I like taking on the caregiver role for my friends um probably because I feel like I had a lack of that when I was a teenager and a kid from my own upbringing also like you're an only child yeah you like hate you don't like to be lonely Totally. I mean, no, who does? But who does? Some right. people, I think, probably thrive being solo. I don't ever remember being alone as a kid. It was like, well, middle child woes. Yeah, I was like, oh my god, all the time, back and forth between houses. You know, my parents were divorced, so it was like two days with dad, three days with mom, every other weekend, no mm-hmm. stability always people around always feeling like I'm not doing enough and like I think that I went into like school and ambition as a way to like combat all of that because I was like I you know I can't please all of you people like I I don't know what else I can do like when I'm at my mom's I'm worried that my dad is lonely and when I'm at my dad's I'm worried that my mom is lonely and then now and then I'm worried about my younger brother being lonely because every time we'd leave, he'd be sad and this and that. Like I was just I went I, I was like, I don't want to be the caregiver. Like, leave me alone. Let me just fiddle away with my poems. I was a little 10 year old poet, very deep. I wanted to be a singer, wanted to be a songwriter. I wanted to be a grocery store checkout person, wanted to be Hell a teacher. Yeah. I wanted to be everything except the person that pieced the family back together. So, oh, and then you found me and you had to do the same thing for me. No, then I found you and I was like, oh my God, someone that I actually want to be around. Oh, <laughs> like, no offense, family. I did want to be around them, but you know, it was like, it, it was emotional. Everybody had their own needs. Everybody yeah. was feeling their own things. I mean, I remember not going on a trip once with my mom because my dad was upset that he couldn't pay for a trip. And so he was feeling like his own inadequacies. And so I just like decided to keep him company. I think I was like 12. Why would a 12 year old ever have like the emotional capacity to understand to do that? But like I was that freak. And so yeah, I think that I went, by the time I left high school, I went the other direction and I was like, I'm free. 
I don't have to care about anyone else's needs. This is the best. And I maybe got too extreme. Had to pull, had to come back to the middle a little bit where I was like, oh, wait, I like people and I love my family and I love my friends. So what am I doing? Um, you, on the other hand, went like, I just always remember, I was like, how many fucking friends do you have, Jess? Like, you still ask me that sometimes. Oh, God, no kidding. <laughs> like, how many friends do you have? I, I'm having a hard time with like four just dealing with all their that's, needs. That's such a low number. I know. I mean, I have a lot of like friends, but I, I don't have like I can't keep I can't keep a lot on the roster. I just get really yeah. I like I I just need so much more alone time and I don't like to be responsible for people's feelings because of yeah all that stuff and I mean I know that's not the best way to think about your friends but that's how it sometimes feels because I have all this stuff from feeling like I never got to just be with myself and be like what does yeah. Jamie want yeah you come by it pretty honestly and I will say I think like just in general being in a partnership like a committed long-term partnership is also pretty emotionally taxing um even if it can be like rewarding in so many other ways. Um, I also know that that's, that's not easy for everyone who grew up in a um, in an environment where they were constantly doing emotional labor and maybe then like neglecting their own worth. So like you sense. do it a lot. You do it very well where you can like give to a lot of people and it never, I've never heard you be like, I just have to like take a break or anything. You're always just down and you show up for people and it's a really, really great trait and you are able to maintain long term friendships. I, that is something that I am truly bad at. Like I, and, and it's, it's definitely not something I'm super proud of, but it just, it gets to be like, so overwhelming to me that I and it's so weird like I don't I mean I obviously know where it comes from as we're talking about it but it's like doesn't feel great to have to do that and then yeah like because sometimes it's just like being in a marriage feels like a lot but yeah. also like I work inner like interpersonally with clients too so it's yeah. like I'm working one-on-one -on -one with a lot of people at once you know helping them build their businesses like doing a lot of work on that end too so it's like I have to give a lot there which I love to do but it's also makes it so like I, I I feel like with you Jess you have like a limited reserve when it comes to your career stuff but an unlimited yeah. reserve for like friendship and relationship whereas mine is absolutely 100% switched yeah, well, and I will say, like, I don't, you know, just having this conversation, I don't think there's anything wrong with either of those approaches either. Like, no. I think going back to what I initially said in the, like, existential crises, like, panic is, <laughs> like, what, it doesn't do what makes you happy. Not that it doesn't matter, but, like, I think I have to let go of the fear of being judged for not putting 110% into my career and for choosing to put 110% into the community I surround myself with because that makes me happy. I find that to be fulfilling and it is just more, it's more rewarding to me. It doesn't pay my bills. I still have to figure out, you know, some sort of solution to make sure I'm doing okay. But I think part of me wonders if a lot of the am I good enough because I don't invest 110? Again, it goes back to that perfectionism concept. I think part of that, like, even you saying that you're not, you don't think it's okay that you don't have 100 friends, like, who cares if you don't have 100 friends? It's, it is okay. It is fine. There is nothing wrong with it. There's nothing to be ashamed of. And no one should ever judge you for only being able to invest in a small subset of people because that's who you are. Like the experience that you've had growing up has made that your reality. And that's not something to be ashamed of and it's not something to hide from. Just like I don't really feel like going out and making, you know, a million dollars on like Vanity Fair 
cover photo shoots. That's just not my goal in life. It's just to be happy and surround myself with people who also make me happy. So I feel like you're hitting on something really crucial and coming back to this idea of being enough is like letting letting it be okay however that shows up for you like and not having that comparison because you're right like me being like frustrated with myself for not being able to fit this other idea of who I should be is just it, it doesn't make sense because it's not like I'm you know I'm not misrepresenting myself I'm not like hurting people in the process it's just it is how I am and like that's okay there are people who are like that and there are people who are like you and I I think like that is probably the biggest takeaway from this idea of like being enough that there really is no enough because you know if in a society that um that like puts a lot of worth on achievement yeah, you're not enough if you don't like put 150% into your career. But then they're in a society that puts a lot of like stock in community, you're mm-hmm. like, you look silly if all you care about is your career. But it's like, then it, you think, okay, there's no right or wrong. Then it's society that needs to like open up its view, not me. And I need to just decide for myself what it looks like to be to have a fulfilling life and just like go after that with gusto instead of being like, well, it should be this way and then I'm going to go after that and then I'm going to resent that I did that and then I'm going to be frustrated and then I'm going to blame other people and then I'm going to blame myself and then I'm going to feel inadequate and da 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 Like the whole <laughs> fucking process that we go through with this when it's really about sitting down and taking a few good breaths and being like, what the fuck do I want? What does it look like to me? Like these are such obvious questions and yet to a lot of us, it's like a novel thing to even sit down and ask that and be like, what do I desire? Like I honestly did not ask myself that for a very long time because I was like, no, it's got to look like this. I got to show other people. I got to prove some shit. Like I got to do some stuff. And then I was like, wait a, wait a second. This does, this is not the life I want. And I got to get off this train. Yeah, I think it's pretty it's pretty radical to decide that like saying that you acknowledge that our society wants us to view life as a ladder and to keep climbing it and to get to the next goal and the next goal and the next goal to say that's not your goal and then to be like not only is that my not my goal but I'm also going to stop judging myself for not having that be my goal like I'm going to go out of my way to say that the way that I am now and the person I am today is enough and like instead of sitting there and putting all of your energy focusing into like how can I achieve the next thing you know either for myself personally or for myself professionally I think yeah I think it's just a pretty radical concept to say Nope, like the way that I am now is good. The things that I do now are good. Investing in the person I am today is good. And there's nothing wrong with it. And the people who care about me the most won't judge me. And the people who care about me the most will encourage me to continue to foster that mm-hmm. goodness, that per- this person who I am. Um, I mean, I'm still working on that. I don't exactly know how to do that. You know, I, I know that. I know that I don't have the loftiest goals and dreams and I'm okay with it, but I still consider the way that other people view me. I still, I think my, a lot of Very my doubt not of to. not being enough. Yeah. It's like, how, how does, how do other people look at me? How does my own partner look at me? You know, am I being viewed as someone who's settling, you know? Um, and I think, I think I, you just got to let that go. It's okay if people view you that way. Right. Like that's, that's a huge thing. It's like, cause people, I think to combat that, like that idea of how, what do people think of me? They either go like, well, they won't, no one's paying attention or, um, or I don't care what people think. 
but honestly, you could just like release and free yourself by being like, okay, so if they think I'm settling, so the fuck what? Like whatever, okay? Like just just give them the thoughts. And if they think that, and if someone is spending all their time thinking about how Jessica Zolman is settling, then like, come on. they like. Well, I mean, that's definitely a projection of their not enoughness anyway. Right. I mean, or they want to, you know, protect their own identity or whatever. But I yeah. mean, I think it's okay to just be like, so what? Like if they look at me and think that I'm not doing enough or being enough or, okay. Um, can I yeah. share some actual tangible advice that helped me um, with this like being enough? Okay, so in this, in this process of actually like viewing success in a different light and defining success for myself, what I found was really important on social media because let's not get crazy, most of us are consuming social media on a you know, hour to hour basis. Yeah, let's just all admit it. It's okay. We're all here. So I'll admit it. Yeah, I'm admitting it. And you all you all are too. So because of that, what I did was I really made sure that my feed reflected my values. So if I say that I value like someone defining their own success, living within maybe more moderate means, not like going after huge million dollar dreams. Okay, I'm not gonna follow the Kardashians. I'm not gonna follow celebrities. I'm not gonna follow people who are on yachts. I'm not gonna follow aspirational accounts. I'm not gonna follow these like interior design accounts where people have millions of dollars to spend. I'm not gonna follow influencers who are given things and trying to sell me. I can't follow those people because they take me out of my own intention so it brings me out of what i already decided for myself so if i'm gonna look at someone and i'm gonna follow them i want to follow like quote unquote normal people who are like doing cool work that i admire but aren't like you know on a vacation every other day Mm -hmm. and on a yacht like I don't need to see people on yachts I just don't I really don't and I don't follow like people who have quote-unquote like aspirational bodies I follow people who are having great lives within the bodies yeah. that they have and it's awesome I follow a lot of people who are just like documenting their day-to-day minutiae and I love mm -hmm. it like I think that that's really important and has changed my perception. Sometimes, yes. Do I get on the explore page and go down some deep, dark holes? <laughs> yes, of course. Why am I going to lie about it? But I try very hard to not, like, take that so seriously. Like, do I know those people exist? Sure. Like, for me, I have some inadequacy feelings around money. Grew up in a very, very rich town while not being rich. So yes, I always felt like I'm driving a 1985 Honda Accord while other people have like brand new Cadillac Escalades. Kind of fucks with your psyche sometimes. But yeah. for that reason, I know that it's not good for me to follow like design accounts where they like have huge budgets and are making millions of dollars. Like it's not good for me. I don't follow um celebrities i can't look at their lives and like not feel that feeling of inadequacy and instead of trying to like force myself and like force feed it into me i just remove it and then i don't see it anymore like i just don't and you know it's i think that that's actual tangible advice to start with like start following people that like reflect the life you actually want and would make you happy, not this like aspirational life that you think you should have and would look good on the internet or like look good on some place. You just, that's like, it's actually, I feel like it's harmful and toxic. It's yeah. like poison to yourself, like ingesting poison every time you open this nightmare that is our phones. Yeah, I think it's so easy to like pinpoint who the people that you are choosing to put in your in your face in your hand you know that 
cause those feelings. I, I think a lot of people who listen to this podcast can probably think of one person that I, I don't want to call it a hate follow, but is like, it's a follow that doesn't make you feel good enough. Right. Yeah. And I think it's so okay. I mean, look, Instagram and Twitter both have mute. And so does Facebook. You don't have to unfollow them if you're worried it's going to cause drama. But yo, mute them. Like, do it. It's okay. It's all right. I think for me, I don't follow. I follow artists who I admire and who I love um, and who don't make me feel inadequate. But if they're not also being vulnerable, if they're not being real, if they don't share like we're sharing the highs and lows, if everything has this pretty bow put on it, nah, I'm out. Like, I think the Instagram Q&A launch really showed me who a lot of those people are who were either flying under the radar, not radar, not really sharing their like emotions um, and seeing them doing these like, I never doubt my work. And here's what you should do. Like everyone just turned into a damn expert. And I'm like, you don't know what you're doing any more than I do. And I don't like that you're pretending that you do. And like, it's cool if you're vulnerable. We're all just human beings trying to make the best of like whatever this nightmare rock hurtling through outer space is um and like it's not it's not i don't know you don't have to be tony robbins of instagram like calm the hell down just yeah, calm down exactly. also he's a bad person yeah and exactly <laughs> and it's like this idea that you have to portray yourself a certain way and like and then if you get famous off of that it's somehow good it's like that only hurts your soul man like not yeah. I mean that's just not a good look for you and it's not going to feel good later that you're like you know you got famous off of that like and plus what I think we don't realize is like there could be that person in our lives that follow that thing that that account those many accounts whatever that were like I am never not going to feel this way. They always make me jealous. I always feel not good enough. I'm going to keep it in my feed. And it's like, just unfollow or mute that person. And all of a sudden you like realize after like two weeks, you're just like, I haven't even thought of that person. Like I just did that. There was a celebrity. I won't put her on blast, but everybody loves her. But I found her account to be harmful to me. I didn't like it. And I tried to make it work because I was like, I got to see what other people see in this person. And I didn't. And she made um, the thing that put me over the edge was she made a comment about her body um, and she's very thin. And I was like, I don't need this. That like you're going to use your platform to like call yourself fat. Um, yeah. I just don't think that's very responsible. And I was like, I unfollowed. And until just right now, I have not even thought of her. And that's been like weeks ago. And I'm like, see, this person was like consuming my, uh, like it's, of course, that's the person that you always see their stuff. Somehow with the Instagram algorithm, they just know. Totally. (laughs) I know. Are you reading my mind? How do you know my hate follow? Right. How do you know I'm doing this? Like I'm punishing myself with this somehow. Because it's like, it is kind of like a punishment. You're like, I'm not good enough. So I'm going to look for all the evidence that supports this and it's like stop looking for evidence that you're not good enough and look for evidence that you're fucking killing it because like that's what you want that's what we need that switch is like crucial that's my tony robbins but like i'm a good person so but go, like a good empathetic but, wonderful person but like a the, good tony this robbins, that doesn't suck. yeah i think that's a i think that's a good place to yeah to stop to wrap it up i loved that i think that's a nice little piece of advice of like some a small thing you can do to to make sure that you continue on your journey without constantly worrying that everyone's judging you or feeling like you have to be perfect because you don't and i gotta say i feel better than i yeah. did at the start of this episode oh me too I, f- I feel like i worked through some stuff yeah. i'm gonna i'm gonna consider it i'm gonna walk away from this and I mean, really, what I'm going to do is a thousand errands. But while I'm doing them, I'll, I got a I got a couple things to consider. Um, thanks, as always, Jamie, for talking with me and for being such a great friend. You too. Aw. Aw. Cute. Um, you can you can find um, 
all of our episodes at feelingfeelings.co if you haven't subscribed. And you can find our social media there. Um, follow us on Instagram for really awesome, beautifully designed quotes, Jamie. Um, or Twitter if for some reason you don't want to subscribe and you just want to know when a new episode is up. That's a good place too. Um, Feelings Podcast is what we are there. And uh, we also have a Facebook group. Feel free to join it. Get in on the conversation. Find out what other people are feeling. Or don't. Do whatever you want. <laughs> We're not going to force you, clearly. Yeah, you, you can rate our podcast on iTunes. We love reading all of the reviews. It's the nicest thing ever. Or you know what? Just don't. It's Just fine. Like, make yourself a cup of tea and enjoy the rest of your day. Hey, we don't need it. We feel like we're doing a pretty good job over here. Yeah. We're enough. Yeah.